When I was in high school, I had the opportunity to go spelunking. Kids, do you know what that word means, spelunking? It's a, it's a fancy word for exploring caves, for going caving. I got to go caving. Now, this wasn't a well-known cave where you uh, paid to get in. Uh, this was out in the middle of nowhere. It was out in the country. And we got to go explore this cave. And we went far back into the cave. And, of course, we had headlamps. We had backup lights and flashlights and batteries. And after a while of going deep into the cave, we came to this opening, this cavern. And our leader, who was also our high school Bible teacher, had us all sit down and be still and quiet And then he asked us all to turn off our lights. And the darkness was unforgettable. The darkness was complete and utter darkness. It was almost shocking. It was so thick you could almost feel it. And you could put your hand right in front of your face and not see it. And we were told to just quietly sit and experience that darkness for a few moments and meditate on the darkness. And if you've never had an experience like this, you should try it sometime because these words about light in God's word take on a more powerful meaning when you understand what real darkness is like. Well, after a few minutes of complete darkness, Mr. Warden struck a match and lit a candle And suddenly light flooded the cavern and we could see, we could see each other. Uh, That one small light drove away the darkness and there was almost a sense of relief and joy as this candle was lit. And then he read to us from John chapter 8. Can you guess what verse he read from John chapter 8? Verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We talked about Jesus there in the cave as the light of the world, as our only hope in the darkness. And I will never forget that illustration, and I'll never forget these words of Jesus. We have the opportunity together tonight to consider these words of Jesus, to hear them together, where he teaches us with a striking and memorable picture, this, this metaphor of light in darkness. He teaches us who he is and what he does and why you need him, why you must follow him and trust in him, why you must believe in him and know him and love him. He tells us with these words, really, that he is God, that he is the truth, that he is salvation. He is the hope of this dark world who you must know and follow and love. He is the light in the darkness. And friends, is he your light by faith tonight? I want you to think about that as you hear Jesus' words, is Is he my hope? Am I looking to him as my savior, as my light, as my joy, as my salvation? 
Jesus calls you tonight to follow him because he is the light of the world, to look to him in faith. People of God, that is the call of God's word to each of you tonight. In the darkness, follow Jesus. In this dark world, follow him because he is the light of the world. Well, let's think about this together more tonight and to help us understand what Jesus is saying here. Uh, It helps us to understand where he was and when he makes this statement, why he calls himself light. Uh, We can understand this better if we understand the context. And so I want us to consider first tonight the feast. The feast. We're just jumping into the Gospel of John But here in John, Jesus has been in Jerusalem at a feast. He's been at the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. This was not only a, a feast to celebrate the harvest and give thanks to God, but this feast also remembered the Exodus when God led his people out of Egypt, when he led them through the wilderness and provided for them and eventually led them into the promised land. And in this feast, there was a lot of rich imagery and ceremonies, including the setting up of booths to remind them of living in tents in the wilderness. Some of the ceremonies also included water that pictured and and reminded the people of when God gave them water in the wilderness, when he brought water out of the rock. And Jesus picks up on that image in chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, And he says, come to me, drink of me. He's identifying with the God of the Exodus, the God who provides, the God who redeemed his people, the God of the Old Testament. Another significant part of this feast was the use of light. Um, At night, during the Feast of Tabernacles, there was these great, uh, 16 great big bowls that were filled with oil. And they would burn at night, and they would light up the, the night sky of Jerusalem. And this would have been really impressive and memorable. And uh, this was a time when they didn't have streetlights. They didn't have electricity. And so this would have been this awesome display as these great candelabras burned with fire into the night sky. Uh, maybe this coming week you'll see some fireworks in the, in the dark night. And it's impressive and wonderful. But these lights lit up all of Jerusalem. It was said that when these candles were lit, uh, all of Jerusalem was lit up. Well, what was the purpose of these lights? Uh, These lights were to remind them of and to recall the presence of God going with them and before them in that pillar of fire. Kids, remember how God would lead his people during the Exodus in the pillar of fire, in the pillar of cloud. You can read about that in Exodus 13, verse 21. Well, these great lamps were high above the court where Jesus stood and spoke in John chapter 8. And so that's the backdrop for his words. That is exactly where and when he says these words, I am the light of the world. Those hearing him when he makes this statement would have immediately thought of those lamps that had been burning during the feast. They would have immediately thought of that pillar of fire. They would have thought of God. 
Israel's redeemer who led them out of Egypt, who led them through the wilderness. And so Jesus is saying so much here. He is identifying himself with the one true and living God of the Old Testament. He's identifying himself with the presence of God, with that pillar of fire. He's saying, I am that God. I am the light. This is a claim to divinity. This is a claim of Jesus to be God. God there standing in their midst. God in the flesh. And if that wasn't clear enough, he uses the name of God. And I talked about this already a little bit earlier in our reading. He uses the name of God, I am. The name that God revealed to Moses in Exodus 3.17 at the burning bush. The words that Jesus uses here, and he actually uses three more times in John chapter 8. I am. These are the, the very same Greek words that were used in the Greek Old Testament to speak of God when God revealed himself and revealed his name to Moses. And so people would automatically associate that name and those words with the name of God. I am who I am. The sovereign, infinite, eternal, self-existent God. The creator the only Redeemer, the covenant God of Israel, the true and living God. And John 8 ends, we already heard this, it ends with climax and conflict because Jesus once again says, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And everyone is furious and they want him dead because he's claiming to have existed before Abraham. He's claiming to be God himself. The I am of the Old Testament. And they think this is outrageous. This is blasphemous. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is God. He is God in the flesh. The Son of God who became man to be the light of the world. To be the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament looked forward to. To lead his people to the ultimate promised land. To lead his people out of a slavery far worse than Egypt. A slavery to sin and death. If he was not God, he could not make this claim. He could not save his people. He could not save you and me. He cannot be trusted. But he is speaking the truth. He is God. God in the flesh. And as you think about this tonight, as you hear his words, do you know him? Do you trust him to be who he says he is? The divine son of God who was sent to earth as the light of the world. As light in the darkness to save sinners. To save you if your faith is in him. To lead you from slavery to salvation. So that you might worship and serve and follow him. Well, that is the backdrop. That is the feast where Jesus makes this shocking and bold statement of truth. Let's then consider second tonight, the darkness. The darkness. You can't appreciate what Jesus is saying here. You can't appreciate the light or know the need for it if you do not understand darkness. That's why the illustration for me in the cave 
in high school was so powerful and meaningful. Listen again to what Jesus says in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The presence of light assumes the existence of darkness. Darkness is real. It is deadly. It is the world that we live in. And I want you to listen to how John's gospel starts with this theme of light and darkness. In John chapter 1, picking up at verse 4. In him was life, speaking of Jesus. In him was life, and the light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This world is pictured as a dark place, as a place of darkness. And there's a lot of different ways you can think about this darkness and what it means. First of all, there's the darkness of ignorance, the darkness of the lack of knowledge, the lack of truth. And we we even talk this way. We might say things like, well, I was in the dark. And what we mean is that we didn't know. We lacked information. Uh, we couldn't see. There's this spiritual darkness of ignorance. This is the darkness Paul speaks of in Romans 1. They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. We see this darkness in verse 19 as the people respond to Jesus, Jesus says, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Those who do not know God, who do not know the father, who do not know their creator, the truth, they are in darkness. Well, Jesus is the truth. He is the light. He brings knowledge He is the word of God in the flesh. He comes to earth so that men might know. They might know God and know the truth. But darkness is more than that. It's more than just intellectual. It's more than just ignorance. It's moral. Darkness is sin. This world is dark because it's in rebellion against God. It's a dark place because it is a a bad place because of evil and sin. And this is true of the whole world rebelling against God, but it's also true of individuals, individual hearts. It's true of you and me. We walk in darkness, the darkness of our own sin and depravity, the darkness of this fallen, lost, and blind world. We live in a state of spiritual Darkness. We're lost and hopeless and blind. We're stumbling in the dark. It's like we're lost deep in a cave with no light. We can't see the way out. We can't see where to step. But Jesus says he is the light of the world. And those who follow him will not walk in darkness. They'll have the light. They'll have truth. They'll have life rather than sin and death and darkness. The prophet Isaiah once used this image as he spoke of Jesus coming. 
Uh, in the well-known passage in, in Isaiah 9, verse 2 and following, he said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them has light shone. And it goes on to say, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. When Jesus came into the world, he came into darkness as light. Friends, this world is dark. Your heart, apart from Christ, is dark. Apart from the light of Jesus, the light of God's word, the light of God's face, you are lost. You're walking in darkness. But thanks be to God, light has come. Do not walk in darkness. Do not deny the darkness. This is the air that we breathe. This is the path we walk apart from Jesus Christ. This is your heart apart from the light of Jesus. If you don't acknowledge the darkness of this world, the darkness of your own heart, you will not seek the light. You will not see the wonder of Jesus coming to this dark world as the light. Well, that is the darkness. Let's now consider third tonight, the light. Let's think more about what Jesus says as he says, I am the light of the world. Verse 12 again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. We've already seen that Jesus is making a huge statement here. He's claiming to be God. He is claiming to be Savior, Redeemer, the one who will lead them in a new and greater exodus. The one who will be the answer for the darkness of this world and and human sin. But there's more in what he's saying. This language about light and darkness Uh, should sound familiar, especially to the Old Testament reader. This language points us to the very first words in the Bible. Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Jesus is like that first light at creation, bringing order and beauty and chaos, bringing life and existence where there was nothing, driving out the darkness. He is the creator. He is God. He's the creator of life and light, and he's bringing new creation as he comes into this dark world. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. We've already seen this, but Jesus is using language that only God can use. The Lord is my light. Isaiah 60 verse 20 says, The Lord is our everlasting light. 1 John 1 verse 5 says, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Do you see that for Jesus to say, I am the light, is for him to say, I am God. 
I am the creator. I am the redeemer. I am, I am salvation. But it's also for him to say that he is the word of God. We saw this in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Jesus is the word of God, the light of God, the revelation of God, a lamp in the darkness. Jesus is also claiming to be Christ. As he says, he is the light of the world. He's using messianic language. Isaiah speaks of the coming Messiah, the suffering servant, as a light for the nations. We already saw that in our call to worship tonight in Isaiah 42, verse 6. But he says in Isaiah 49, verse 6, speaking of Jesus, I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Jesus is saying, I am that light. I am that promised Messiah. I am the Christ. I am light for the nations. And he makes it clear in his statement that he is for the nations. He is for the whole world. He is not just for Israel. He's not just for Jerusalem. He says, I am the light, not of this place, not of this people. He says, I am the light of the world. He is the savior of all peoples, all nations. He is the light for the Gentiles. And he doesn't say, I am a light. He says, I am the light, the only light. He alone is savior. He is the only hope, the only light. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other light for the world, for the nations. There is no other Messiah or savior. What a powerful, bold claim. And think a little bit more about the the image, the metaphor. Light is referred to over 16 times in John's gospel. It's a favorite picture of Jesus for describing himself, who he was and what he had come to do. But think about light. Without light, there can be no life. Without light, we can't, we can't see or walk. We can really know or, or do very little. Without light, we're in the dark. Without light, there can be no physical light, life. We'd have no warmth. Plants could not grow. Natural systems of this world would not work. Light is life. Light is life. Light is also hope. Think about how after a long, dark night, the light of morning breaking across the horizon far to the east, think about how that brings hope and is a sign of a new day. Or think about if you were lost in a dark cave, finding a light would give you hope, would enable you to see the way of salvation. Jesus is light and darkness. Because he is light, he drives out the darkness. He's saying he is the only God, the only creator, the only savior. He is the truth. He is the Messiah. Do you know him in this way? Do you know what Jesus is saying and what it means? And do you believe him? Do you treasure him and cling to him as the light? 
Jesus is the opposite of darkness. The antithesis of darkness. The one who delivers from darkness and destroys the darkness. And if all of this is true, and it is, that's reason for all of you tonight to rejoice. To delight in the light. To trust in him. To worship him. To turn away from the darkness. To turn away from from everything else and follow him. Jesus is the light of the world and that calls all of you to respond to him as such, to relate to him based on who he is. And I want us to consider that fourth and finally tonight. Let's consider the call. This I am statement of Jesus is immediately followed by a call and an invitation and a promise A call to follow him and a promise of life. Look at what he says there in verse 12. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Follow Jesus, the light of the world. Walk after him, not in the darkness. And those who do so will have the light of life. That is the call and the promise. They will have him and the life that he gives. And this is really the gospel in a nutshell. Follow Jesus and have life. Follow the light and have life. Turn away from darkness to the light to Jesus and have life. This is a call to faith in Jesus. To believe in him, to trust in him as the light. To not remain in the darkness of sin and ignorance and death. But to know him as Savior. To know him as truth. To put your faith in him and have the light of life. These words that Jesus is speaking and this invitation and promise. These words are explosive and beautiful and wonderful. Follow me follow this Jesus and have life and it's a sure and unqualified promise whoever follows me will have the light of life he is the light of life the light that proceeds from life and gives life eternal life when you follow him when you put your faith in him he will give you the gift freely the gift of life He will free you from the darkness, the darkness of your own sin, the darkness of death, and he will give you life. You will have the light of life. Jesus is using this image of darkness and light in order to preach the gospel and to call you to faith in him, to forsake your sin, to forsake the world, To forsake darkness and come after him, the light of the world. But if you reject him, if you choose darkness, you refuse the only light of the world. You choose darkness over light. And you need to understand that this is the natural response of darkness. This is the natural response to the light. This is how the human heart lost in darkness, the darkness of sin and deceit, responds to Jesus. And we see that illustrated in our passage. 
Immediately after Jesus' words, verse 13, so the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And then remember how this chapter ends. He says, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. The call of Jesus is to turn away from darkness and to follow him. To not look anywhere else for light. To reject him, to oppose him, the light of the world, is ultimately to perish in your sin. To reject the only Savior, the only source of life. And Jesus says in verse 24, Unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Unless you believe that he is I am, that he is God, that he is the only Savior, that he is the light, you will be lost in darkness. You'll never escape the darkness. You will die in it. You will die in your sins. You will have no life. And so hear this warning. Hear the gospel from Jesus. Come to me. I am the light. Do not die. In your sins, have life in me. This call, this invitation, this glorious promise is given to all of you tonight. Follow Jesus so that you will have life in him rather than die in your sins. And you need to seriously consider his words tonight, even if you have heard them many, many times before. How does this world make any sense without the light of Jesus? How is there any hope in the darkness of this world without Jesus? If you are trusting in him tonight as the light, as your light, as your savior, then continue to follow him, cling to him, trust in him, walk in him, not in the darkness. And did you know that if you are following him, he actually calls you the light of the world. He calls you to be the light of the world as you follow him as the light. This is what he said in Matthew 6, 14. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Because Jesus is the light of the world and gives life to those who follow him, he calls them to be like him, to be lights in this dark world. To shine in the darkness as you live for him and like him, doing good works rather than deeds of darkness. And Jesus spreads his light, spreads the gospel through the words and deeds of his followers like lights in the darkness, to bring glory to God, to bring good news in this dark world. That is the call of Jesus to all of you tonight as he proclaims the gospel, I am the light of the world. And I want to close tonight with a question to every one of you here tonight. This is the question, is Jesus your light? Is Jesus your light? He is the light. Is he your light by faith in him? Are you following him 
Or are you walking in darkness? This world is a dark place. Your heart in sin is dark. Be honest about this. You can't, you can't deny this. We are living in darkness. But there is light. There is a light. There is the light, the Son of God, who dwells with his people, who leads and delivers them like that pillar of fire, who is the eternal, self-existent, almighty I Am and Creator, who came to this dark world, the only Savior of all the world. Follow him. Hear him and believe him. Know and trust him. Continue to walk in him and in his light. Treasure him. Rejoice in him. Jesus is the light of the world. This is good news. This is great news that you must believe and you must live in light of. Jesus is the light of the world and that must make a difference in how you worship him and how you spend your time each day. Jesus is the light of the world. That must make a difference in what you love and long for and what you pursue. It must make a difference in how you relate to the darkness, how you relate to your own sin and temptations. It must make a difference in how you relate to those who are in darkness, to those who do not know him, who do not have the light. You have what they need. You have who they need. You have good news. Be a light. But if you're listening tonight and you are still in the dark, if you are not following Jesus as the only light of the world, if you don't know and trust him in this way, you need to ask him tonight to shine his light into your heart to shine the light of his word, the light of his gospel, his truth into your life so that you might know him and follow him and have life. Don't leave tonight and ignore the light of the world, the only light of the world, the greatest gift, the greatest news. Don't leave here and continue stumbling, lost in the dark. Don't use the excuse that you can't follow him or, or that you're too sinful or you're too lost or, or your life is fine without him or he's not needed or, or he's not true. Here again, his open promise and, and invitation, his very words, whoever, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. That includes everyone here tonight. Whoever follows him in faith. I want you to think about a cave again. Imagine actually being lost and stranded in a dark cave and there's complete darkness and you have no light and so you're not able to move. You can't find your way out. If you try to get out in the dark, you'll get hurt or you'll get further lost. And so you wait and you worry and you wonder. Uh, You begin to hope against hope that someone might come and find you and lead you out. 
And then after what seems to be an eternity, you hear a faint voice echoing down the caverns. And the voice calls your name. And it says, I have a light. I have food and water. I'm coming. I know the way out. And you can hear that voice and you can catch a glimmer of light down in the cave. What good news. What joy, what relief. But at that point, would you fold your arms and start to think, well, you know, actually it's not that dark. Or I'm not that lost. I don't think I really need light. I'm not sure if I believe in light. I don't know if it'll make any difference. I'll be fine. Or maybe that voice that I heard isn't real or or isn't telling the truth. Friends, no one in that actual situation would respond that way. No one would respond like that. That would be absurd. That would be a, a death wish for a slow, hopeless, painful death. Well, friends, Jesus is like that voice calling to you, telling you, I am the light. I have light. I am the way out. I am life. You would not reject that offer of light and life. You would lay hold of the light. Friends, lay hold of Jesus. Do not reject him. Do not sit and question the only source of hope and life and salvation, the light of the world, the light of life. Lay hold of the light of the world by faith. Rejoice in, receive him, follow him. And think about how in order to be the light of the world, in order to save sinners, Jesus himself endured utter darkness. The utter darkness of the cross The utter darkness of the wrath of God. God turning his back on him. No longer shining his face on him. The darkness of death itself. He endured that darkness so that he could be the light of the world. So that he could give you the light of life. Do not refuse him. Lay hold of him. Trust in him. Rejoice in him. Jesus proclaims good news to a people walking in darkness tonight. To all who will hear. Hear and believe in him. Turn from the darkness and follow the light. Hear Jesus saying to you tonight, in the darkness, follow me. I am the light of the world. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you that you have sent Jesus as the light of the world in this darkness. And we pray that we would not be like the Pharisees or like those who picked up stones and respond with with saying, His word is not true, He is lying. 
Lord, enable all of us here and many, many more in the darkness to see Jesus as the light of the world, to believe in him and to have the light of life and to no longer walk in the darkness of sin and death and foolish ignorance, but to walk in him by faith and to look forward to that day when we will see the light of his face and there will be no more darkness. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you that you are the light of the world, that you have proclaimed the gospel to us, you have called us to faith, and you have accomplished that good news for us as well by your life and death and resurrection. Give us joy in you and faith in you. Make us the light of the world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.